the murders of both Jennifer Ertman and Elizabeth Pena. The rapes and murders of Jennifer Lee Ertman and Elizabeth Christina Pena. Two teenage girls from Houston, Texas, aged 14 and 16 respectively, occurred on June 24, 1993. The murder of two girls made headlines in Texas newspapers due to the nature and crime and a new law resulting from the murders that allows families of the victims to view the execution of the murderers. The case was also notable in the state of Texas rejected attempts by the International Court of Justice to halt several perpetrators' executions. The location of the murder was Oak Forest, Houston, Texas, United States. The date was June 24, 1993, 30 years ago. The attack type was a double murder, child murder, gang rape, child rape, torture murder, and kidnapping. The weapons were ligatures and a belt. The victims, Jennifer Ertman and Elizabeth Pena. Perpetrators were Peter Cantu, Jose Medellin, Derek Sean O'Brien, Efron Perez, Raul Veral, Venancio Medellin. The verdict was all perpetrators found guilty on all accounts. They were convicted to capital murder, kidnapping, aggravated sexual assaults. The sentence was Cantu J. Medellin and O'Brien with the death penalties, or Cantu J. Medellin and O'Brien. All three were given the death penalty. It was three individuals. Perez and Villarreal were given death, but it was commuted to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole after 40 years. And V. Medellin, who was only 14 years old at the time, was given 40 years in prison, the maximum sentence available for a juvenile. Elizabeth Christine Pena June 21st, 1977 to June 24th, 1993. And Jennifer Lee Ertman, August 15th, 1978 to June 24th, 1993, were close friends who both attended Waltrip High School. Although the girls were just over one year in age difference, both sets of parents approved their friendship, with Pena's father viewing Ertman in a modest girl who had only recently began experimenting with makeup as a positive influence on his daughter. Later recollecting that shortly after the two became friends at Waltrip High School, Pena just straightened up her act following a brief streak of teenage rebellion in his daughter before her 1992 enrollment at the school. On June 24, 1993, at 4.15pm on June 24, 1993, Ertman's father, Randy, drove his only daughter to Pena's home at approximately 8pm. Pena's mother, Melissa, drove the two girls to their home of their friend, Gina Escamilla, who lived in a Spring Hill apartment and who was hosting a pool party for her school friends. As both girls exited the car, Pena assured her mother that she and her friend would be home by their agreed 11.30 p.m. curfew. When the pair realized they were going to be late returning home, they decided to leave the party to confirm to their curfew. Both had promised their parents. Ertman and Pena decided to take a 10-minute shortcut to Pena's residence in Oak Forest by following the railroad tracks and passing through T.C. Jester Park. This location was approximately one mile from Pena's home. 
Unknown to them, the girls were walking along White Oak Bayou when they encountered six black and white gang members drinking beer, and that's the name of the gang, the quote, black and white, end quote, gang members, drinking beer shortly after holding the gang initiation ceremony of a 17-year-old Raul Villarreal. Villarreal had not been a member of the black and white gang or any gang, but had engaged in his initiation ceremony, whereby he had been forced to fight several gang members for five minutes successfully before they judged whether to accept him. By approximately 10.30 p.m. that night, Villarreal had successfully fought two gang members before being beaten midway through his third fight and knocked unconscious. As he lay writhing and moaning on the ground, being temporarily knocked out, the gang members conferred privately to discuss whether to accept Villarreal as a member. Minutes later, the leader of the gang, Peter Cantu, approached Villarreal, exclaiming, You're in, dude. You're a badass. You're welcome to hang out with us anytime. Villarreal then sat alongside the other gang members, relaxing, talking, trading insults and compliments, and drinking beer. Shortly thereafter, he held a beer aloft, proclaiming things were to be great. And this is from the actual testimony of the guilty. Unquestioned. Abduction and assault. Within approximately 40 minutes of Villarreal accepting several bottles of beer from other gang members and holding his first beer aloft to say that, Ertman and Pena passed the gang. One member, Jose Medellin, was the first to initiate contact by attempting to grope and pinch one of Pena's breasts. Pena brushed aside Medellin's hand and tried to continue walking, but in response, Medellin stated, No, baby, where are you going? End quote. Then he clasped his arm around Pena's neck and threw her to the ground and dragged her down a gravel decline in the direction of other gang members as Pena screamed and pleaded for her help. She was then forced to remove her underwear. Ertman couldn't have easily run to escape at this point, but ran to help her friend instead, where she was thrown to the ground by other gang members Peter Cantu and Derek Sean O'Brien. Five of the gang members proceeded to rape both girls for more than one hour repeatedly. Both girls were raped and beaten by all but one of the gang members, 14-year-old Venancio Uni Medellin, on a minimum of four occasions each. The guilty testified that each girl was raped by no less than two gang members simultaneously throughout this ordeal. According to trial testimony, both Pena and Ertman repeatedly glanced and spoke to each other several times throughout the ordeal in likely gestures of concern and despair. Both repeatedly struggled against their abusers, with Pena at least one occasion attempting to fight off her attackers with kicks, and Ertman biting her attackers, leading to later testimony on one occasion. Pena glanced in the direction of her younger friend as she was raped by Efrain Perez, and began weeping uncontrollably as she observed Ertman. Realizing the girls would be capable of identifying them, Cantu ordered the members of to kill the girls. He told Venancio Medellin to stay behind because he was too little to watch. The other gang members forced the girls into a wooded area. Both girls were strangled to death. Following Cantu's initial instruction, Villarreal first shouted, Get on your knees, bitch, to Ertman. O'Brien, the only non-Hispanic who was a black person, and Villarreal strangled Ertman with O'Brien's red nylon belt before breaking the belt. Both completed the act by strangling the girls with a shoelace in Pena's presence. 
As Ertman was murdered, Pena was forced to watch her friend's death as other gang members held a ligature around her neck. At first, Pena desperately attempted to appease her abusers as she wept, offering her phone number so they could get together. She then attempted to flee. In response, Cantu tackled and repeatedly kicked the girl in her face and body, dislodging three teeth and fracturing several ribs. Cantu, Jose, Medellin, and Perez then strangled Pena to death with shoelaces. The gang members stomped on both girls' throats to ensure their deaths. Leaving the crime scene, Cantu handed Venancio Medellin a goofy wristwatch taken from Ertman's body, saying, Take this, I don't want it. Cantu dropped off Jose Medellin, Perez, and Villarreal at his residence where he lived with his brother, Joe Cantu, and sister-in-law, Christina Cantu. Christina Cantu questioned why Villarreal was bleeding and Perez had a bloody shirt. This prompted Medellin to say the gang had fun, quote-unquote, and that details would appear on the news. He, Perez, and Villarreal then elaborately elaborated that they had raped two girls. Peter Cantu then returned and divided the valuables that had been stolen from the girls with the gang. Jose Medellin got a ring with a letter E inscribed into it so that he could give it to his girlfriend, Esther. Medellin reported that he had killed a girl and noted that he would have found it easier with a gun. After the gang left, Christina Cantu convinced Joe Cantu to report the crime to the police. Four days after the murders, the girls' bodies were found in the park during hot weather conditions. Both bodies had significantly decomposed and dental records were used for the identification. O'Brien was videotaped smiling at the scene of the crime. The medical examiner corroborated the cause of the death was strangulation. All those believed responsible were ultimately arrested. Middleton gave both written and taped confessions. At sentencing, the offenders were remanded by the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, the CDCJ system. Peter Anthony Cantu, Jose Ernesto Medellin, Derek Sean O'Brien, Efran Perez, and Raul Omar Villarreal received death sentences. Venancio Medellin, the brother of Jose Medellin, testified against four of the gang members, everyone except his brother. He received a 40-year prison sentence, the maximum for a juvenile, for the sexual assault of Jennifer Ertman. Following Roper v. Simmons, with the Supreme Court of the United States banned the executions of people who committed crimes while they were below 18 years of age, the death sentence of Perez and Villarreal were automatically commuted to life in prison. Perez will become eligible for parole on October 10, 2029, while Villarreal will become eligible for parole on September 20, 2029. Cantu, O'Brien, and Jose Medellin were later implicated in the January 4, 1993 murder of 27-year-old Patricia Lopez. Although none of them were charged, Cantu had already been sentenced to death by the time he was linked to Lopez's murder. Lopez's murder was mentioned in the sentencing phase of O'Brien and Medellin. Derek O'Brien was the first to be executed on July 11, 2006. Before his execution, O'Brien expressed his regrets for his actions to the families of Pena and Ertman. He then apologized to his family before being executed by lethal injection. In response to accusations from anti-death penalty advocates, the capital punishment is a cruel and unusual form of punishment. Pena's father later remarked O'Brien's death had occurred peacefully in 20 seconds, adding, I wish to God that my daughter could have died that easily. Put a needle in her arm and just go to sleep. I wish to hell he could have died the way she died. 
Jose Medellin appealed his execution, saying that he informed the city of Houston and Harris County police officers that he was in fact a Mexican citizen and that he had been unable to confer with the Mexican consular officials. The prosecutor said that Medellin never told authorities he was a Mexican citizen. Medellin said in a sworn statement that he learned that the Mexican consulate could assist him in 1997. He petitioned the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals in 1998 regarding this issue. The appeal failed. Medellin's impending execution became an international controversy since the state did not hold a hearing about whether the inability of Medellin to meet with Mexican consular officials harmed his defense. The right of a defendant to talk with his or her consulate is specified in the Vienna Convention on Consular Relations. The United States is a party to that convention, although U.S. withdrew from the compulsory jurisdiction of it in 1986 to accept the court's jurisdiction only on a circumstantial case-by-case -case basis. In 2004, the International Court of Justice responded to a lawsuit filed by Mexico against the United States. The court ordered hearings to be held for inmates, including Medellin, who were denied consular rights. In 2004, or 2005, President George W. Bush ordered hearings to be held. The state of Texas, representing the Solicitor General Ted Cruz, challenged Bush's order, and the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that only the Congress of the United States has the right to order hearings to be held. In July, the World Court ordered a stay of Medellin's execution. Governor Rick Perry argued that Texas is not bound to World Court rulings. Death penalty opponents protested the impending execution. The families of both Ertman and Pena strongly favored the executions. Jose Medellin was executed at 9.57 p.m. on August 5, 2008, after his last-minute appeals were rejected by the Supreme Court. Governor Perry rejected calls from Mexico and Washington, D.C. to delay the execution, citing the torture, rape, and strangulation of two teenage girls in Houston 15 years ago as just cause for the death penalty. During his lifetime, Randy Ertman advocated strongly against granting parole to Venancio Medellin. Seventeen years after the crimes, Peter Anthony Cantu was ex executed on August 17, 2010. The lethal injection was performed at 6.09 p.m., and the 6.17 p.m. Cantu was officially pronounced dead. He declined to make a final statement before his execution. Cantu, Medellin, and O'Brien are buried at, by at Captain Joe Bird Cemetery. There is currently memorials to Ertman and Pena in the T.C. Jester Park area, the location of their attack. In the background is the railroad bridge where the two were initially attacked. The parents of Pena and Ertman successfully advocated the state of Texas to allow victims' relatives to have permissions to witness executions in Texas. Before the murders, Houston officials had stated the gangs were not a significant issue in the city. C.E. Anderson, a Houston Police Department officer who worked in the murder case, described the murder as part of an impetus for the anti-gang programs of Houston in the 1990s. Jennifer Lawson of the Houston Chronicle said the deaths of the girls shook the Oak Forest neighborhoods of Houston to its foundation. Randy Ertman, the father of Jennifer Ertman and victim's right advocate, died of lung cancer on August 18, 2014. Ertman had wanted to have Andy Kahn, the city of Houston's crime advocate, to witness the executions of O'Brien and Medellin. TDCJ refused to permit Kahn to witness the execution. The Texas Parole Board denied parole on several occasions to Venancio Medellin. Mostly recently in 2020. 
Medellin is scheduled to be released in 2034. Waltrip High School has a memorial to the girls with another memorial existing as T.J. Jester Park. They are both buried at Woodlawn Garden Memories Cemetery. There is a note that on the night of the attack and murders, that minutes before Pena and Ertman had encountered the gang members, there were two additional gang members at the scene, twin brothers Frank and Raymond Sandoval. They had participated in Villarreal's initiation ceremony, although only one of the brothers had fought Villarreal. Both had left the initiation ceremony only minutes before the girls were abducted. They both gave testimony that they were still close enough to have physically observed Pena and Ertman's abduction, initial assault, and screams for help. Neither attempted to prevent the assaults or to inform police. <laughs> 